Remember, next Sunday, we're starting something very awesome. Amen? We're starting a revival. All right. Two people were happy. Praise God. We're going to be with Pastor Safari, right in Safari, next Sunday. Amen? From Nairobi, Kenya. He's going to be here with us. And we're going to be starting on Sunday, and we're going to go through Wednesday. Okay? So Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. How many have been blessed in the past by a revival? Amen. I got saved in a revival. Dwayne that's about to sit down right there got saved in a revival. Anybody else get saved in a revival? Let me see your hand. Look at that. Look at these hands. Got saved in a revival. Amen. There's another one over there. Come on. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. Amen. That's fruit. <clears throat> that's why we do it. That's why we do it. Amen. Coming out on a night that's not common and being in church. And so he, he uh, is leading our uh, Pastor Paul from our home church started the work. I think about six years ago, and they started. They have started now out of that home church in Nairobi. There's about six churches in in Kenya, or in Nairobi, out of this church, and he is uh, leading that home that church in Nairobi that Pastor Paul and Emily started and left to them, and they're overseeing it. And uh, how many remember last time he came? He's an awesome preacher, amen. He's he's so so exciting. He's so full of energy and life. And he's going to be here with his wife, Susan, and they're a wonderful couple. So uh, be planning to come to these services and invite somebody, especially church. Uh, I know there's a lot of Africans in Denton. We have a lot of Africans in our church, praise God. If you know somebody that's an African, especially if any part of the country of Africa, continent of Africa, at work or school or anything like that, let them know that somebody's coming from their continent. How many know that there's a relation there? Amen. So if you've, I know that I've heard you all talk in the past. I, I work with some people from Kenya. I work for somebody from somewhere else. Not that you can't invite them if they're not from Africa. I'm saying this would be a great opportunity for somebody who maybe wouldn't come normally to come hear somebody from their own country. So don't forget that. I'd be praying this week for those that are going uh, to conference, those that are already on their way. We have somebody already have left, already on their way. And be praying every day that they'll come back fired up. Amen. Don't be jealous if you can't go. Amen. You can go next time. But pray for those people that they'll get uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and they'll come back with the fire. Amen? Daniel chapter 3, I was, uh, before I get into this, uh, there was this uh, couple. You know, I, I'm not a big fan big, big at all of McDonald's. But, you know, sometimes you have to go places, you know, grab a coffee or whatever. I just don't think the food's that great. I was fooled as a kid. Amen? Anybody else fooled as a kid on McDonald's? If you're a fan of McDonald's, I'm not hating on you. But there was this couple eating one day in McDonald's, and they had bought a meal, and they were sharing it. And they're an older couple, and this guy walked over, and he was, I could tell he was watching them, and he was feeling bad, because they looked like they didn't have enough money to buy, for both of them to buy their own meal. So the man walks over there to the table, and he says, sir, and, um, can I buy you guys another meal so that you can each have your own? And the man goes, oh, no, 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 we, we're, we're fine, thank you, we don't need another one, we're perfectly fine. And so the man walks away, and he goes back to eating his food, and he looks over there a little bit later again, and now they've cut the sandwich in half, and the man is, is eating, and the woman's not eating anything. And so again, this, you know, we've been talking about compassion, this man goes back over to the table again, and he says, he goes, sir, please, I, I, it's not a big deal. I, I hate to see here, you sit, sit here watching your wife not eat and you're eating. He says, no, 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 Say th thank you so much. He says, you don't understand, we share everything. And uh, so the man says, well, 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 why is she not eating? And he says, she's waiting for the teeth. <laughs> Yuck. It's good to share, but that's going a little too far. Can you say amen? I love my wife to death, but I'm never going to share my teeth with her. <laughs> Daniel chapter 3. I want to preach a message that I have preached. It's been a long time, but it's an awesome message. I believe it's going to bless some people this morning. How many could possibly be going through something this morning? Amen. Going through some troubles, going through some trials. There'll never be a service, church, until Jesus comes back that there won't be some people in, this, in a service going through some stuff. Amen. Always going to be trouble, always going to be problems. And I thank God for the word this morning in Ch Daniel chapter 3. We're going to read a little bit about the story of Daniel. And uh, 
the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen? So if you would read with me in Daniel 3, how many know in Daniel 3 without going into the whole thing, you begin to read the first few scriptures of the chapter of Daniel chapter 3, and you begin to see that Nebuchadnezzar had set up a golden image. We have to understand that today in our society, we don't have necessarily a golden image that you can visibly see, but how many know that our society and the world is placing something of a belief system in front of us that is causing us to believe what they want us to believe? And this is even going into our, definitely going into our government, going into our schools, and they're beginning to tell us who we can and cannot worship. And how many know that when you begin to talk about Jesus, then it gets even crazier? They don't want you to talk about God, but definitely don't talk about Jesus. And so this is nothing new. This was happening back in the book of Daniel. And there's an image made, a large image of gold, and they... Uh, knew that Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were, were servants of the true God and not the God they were serving. And they began to say, you know what, we, I don't want these guys serving God anymore. I don't want them worshiping their God anymore. And how many know that when we're really walking with God, people could get jealous of us? Do you know this morning that if you are truly walking as a believer, that people are jealous of you? I'm not talking about you just saying I'm a Christian. There's nothing to be jealous about in that. I'm talking about when you are walking in the favor of God. God's hand is upon your life, and, and you feel and see and know that no matter what you're going through, doors are opening up. Things are happening. Things are happening that don't, aren't normal. They're supernatural. Amen? And in this story, the same is happening for them, and they're mad and they're jealous, and so they say, we're going to do something to cause these people that are worshiping, that not worshiping this image, to die. And so they say, we're going to set this thing up, and anybody who does not uh, worship at the time of the trumpet, who does not bow down and worship this idol, is going to be thrown into either later the lion's den or at this time a fiery furnace. Okay, so go with me to chapter 3, verse 8, and we'll start there. Actually, look at verse 7. It says, So at that time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, and the lyre in sympathy, sym symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, all the nations, and the languages. Notice this is a worldwide thing. This very well, church, is what's going to be happening when the Antichrist comes. Okay? How many understand that? This was a worldwide thing. It says every nation, every people... Uh, and the nations and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image, which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Verse 8, Therefore at that time some certain Chaldeans, which was the, these men I'm talking about, uh, the enemies, came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said, King Nebuchadnezzar, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music... When they hear that, they fall down and worship the gold image. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. Amen? Y'all looking at your Bibles? All right. Quit staring at me so much. I'm smiling. Amen. What verse was I at? Twelve. No, I read that one already. See, y'all are behind me. All right. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image that I have set up. Now, if you're ready at the time, you basically say, I'm going to give you another chance. If you're ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I've made, then good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. 
Amen. We have no need. If that's the case, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, see, that's the, that's the spirit the church needs. But if not, we have too many people that serve the Lord when everything's good. Shake somebody's hand next to you and say, I'm going to serve God in the good and the bad. Amen? Tell them I'm going to serve God in the good and the bad. Not just in the good. It's easy to serve the Lord when everything's good. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided I'm going to serve him no matter what. But if you don't, if he doesn't take us out, he says, but let, you, let it be known, O king, we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fire, full of fury, sorry, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven more times than it was usually heated. How many know if you begin to serve the Lord, not religiously, but really, the devil's going to get mad and he's going to even turn the heat up a little bit more. Amen. You're going to see, let me, oh, they, they, they're okay now, but let me turn the heat up a little bit. Some of you in here right now are seeing the devil turn the heat up on your situation. You thought, how many know when you thought it couldn't get any worse? It can. Amen. But I'm going to make a statement to you right now before I go on. The bigger the trial, the bigger the problem, the bigger the God we have, and the bigger the victory, and the bigger the plan of God has for you to overcome it. The bigger they are, the bigger they fall. Amen. So no matter how, if you have a small problem, God will give you that small testimony. If you've got a big problem, that means a big testimony is on the way. Amen. That's the, that's the word of the Lord. So he says, certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the furry fiery furnace. Then those men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Amen? So this morning, if you're here and you're going through any kind of struggle or trial, I want to tell you this morning these words, do not faint in the fire. Amen? Don't faint in the fire. That fire is hot. That fire is real. That fire is all around you, but that fire cannot burn you. How many believe that this morning? You can have the enemy all around you, but you will not get burnt if you keep your eyes on Jesus this morning. Listen to the de definition of faint. To stop, to leave, or to abandon. How many Christians do we know today, or even us sometimes, when we really are facing a true battle, all of a sudden we stop. We, we turn around. We run the opposite direction. We leave. We abandon. Jesus said, hey, this road is not an easy road. It's only for the strong. It's only for the mighty. It's, it, it's a narrow road. Amen? And it's not that everybody can't find it. It's that when the going gets rough, the rough run. Amen. They're afraid. And we need to know who God is in our life this morning. He says this can be a place of discouragement or depression. This is the dictionary for faint. Being discouraged, being depressed, having, here's another one, murmuring or having negativity. Amen. We can, we can either look at our problem and make it worse or we can look at our problem and give it to God. Amen? Did you know that as you begin to look at your problem this morning, if you talk about it, all it's going to do is get bigger? Amen? That's what that's called making a mountain out of a molehill. You could be looking at that situation, and you go, oh, God, it's so bad. You think God doesn't know how bad it is? Oh, friend, look at my situation. Do you think they don't know how bad it is? Because you've been talking about it for a while now. Amen? But what can we do different to not be negative about our situation and say, you know what? My God is bigger than this problem. My God is going to bring me through this problem. If God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. God is bigger. I tell you this morning, don't faint in the midst of your fire. Don't give up in the midst of your trial. 
So in verse 17, go back there real quick. I want to show you, this is the key to this message this morning. I want you to look at verse 17 and 18. Say amen if you're there. Now watch this. This is where our faith comes into play right now, this morning. This is where the old saying is, the rubber meets the road. Okay? Verse 17 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answer, and they say, If this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. So the first thing you have to do if you're taking notes this morning, when you get attacked or facing a trial or a tribulation or you feel like you're in the fire, is you need to make a statement to the devil and to God. Hey, you need to make a declaration of the situation. You need to say, okay, here's my situation, but... Okay, and you make a de declaration. And you can make one or the other this morning. That's what you've got to understand. You can say, man, this is bad, and I, it's probably going to get worse. That's a declaration. Or you can say, man, this is bad, but I know God is in control, and God is going to take me through this, and God knows everything I'm going, He knows everything I'm thinking, and I know He's got a plan, and I know that every time I'm in the fire, He's got something better for me. So there's a declaration, there's a crossing of the roads, and you choose. Because if you say, why is God picking on me? You're going to take that to your grave. You're going to wonder all your life why things happen. We just watched a little documentary on that this week. Good things happen to bad people. And bad things happen to good people. Because there's a verse that helped me a long time ago that says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And we do not live in some divine bubble Amen. Wouldn't it be easy, church? What faith would we have to have if when I said, Jesus, come into my heart, all of a sudden God put a divine bubble around me and I could walk through this world and no problems, no sickness, no disease would ever come around me. And what, what faith would I need? That'd be too easy. God says, I want you to walk in this world I want you to go through the struggles everybody else goes through, but I want you to trust in me. I want you to believe in me. I want you to give glory to me by faith declaration that God is going to take me through this situation, take me through this trial, and give me victory. Amen. I'm not going to quit. So here's your question, or your, your fork in the road. You can either be condemned and die, or you can compromise. You can, you can say, okay, if that's the case, I'm not going to worship your God, so kill me. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, hey, our God is bigger than this, and he can take us out. But they didn't say, but if he doesn't, then we'll worship your God. If it doesn't work out, then I'll go to plan B. See, Christians, we don't need a plan B. Plan A is perfect. Amen. Plan B and C and D is good in a lot of situations, but with God, we only need one plan. It's His way. His way. Amen? And, and the Bible says that all the other ways lead to destruction. He says, there is a way that seems right unto man. That's plan B. God's way is perfect. We need to stay that way, and we need to say, God, whether you work it out or not, I'm going to serve you. How many times have you heard me say this verse? It's one of my favorite verses that Job said, though you slay me, I will trust you. Amen? It, it, you can let it all, that's an attitude you have to have. Does anybody in here think that you've been through what Job's been through? I'll give you the mic right now. I don't believe anybody in here has gone through what Job went through, yet Job stood there in ashes with his house burnt down, boils on his body, family dead, wife cursing him, telling him to curse God, and he said, God, though you slay me, I will trust you. God is looking for some people in here this morning that will not faint in the middle of their fire, but will give glory to God as they walk through the fire and say, Lord, you're going to be with me. Don't try to say why, why, why. Get over that. We all have problems. And if you're not in a problem right now, one's on the way. And if you just got victory over one, praise the Lord. Get ready for the next one. It's on its way. You're either in a victory right now or you're starting a battle. But after the battle comes the victory. 
After the victory comes another battle. Just get that through your head. Amen. You're going to have some battles. Our spiritual strength, write this down, is measured when we're in the fire. Your faith is not measured when everything's good. You can't say, oh man, that person's got a lot of faith when nothing's wrong. Your faith is measured in the fire. You are going to find out who you are and what you're made of when trials come. That's where you're going to find out. And listen, you can put up, run up all day long. God knows and you know what your faith is. Amen. And he's looking at that. He's not looking at the times in Sunday morning service where we go, yes, hallelujah, that's right, amen. He's looking at the times when you want to go pick up that bottle, when you want to take a gun and blow your head off, when you want to go kill somebody, when you want to get depressed, when you want to take drugs, when you want to go do all kinds of crazy things, and you don't. That's where your fire gets tested, or your faith in the fire. When nobody else is around and you're saying, God, this is ugly, but I still love you. I still love you. You are so good. You are so awesome. You're so wonderful. Amen. Why do we go through the fire? What's one of the reasons? So he can get praise. So you can say, I'm going to be condemned or I'm going to compromise. How many decide, decide this morning, I'm not going to compromise? I believe that. I believe we're here this morning and we're saying, God, if you do it, praise the Lord. If you don't, Praise the Lord. I'm going to keep serving you regardless. That was the adage. I want you to see that of everything in this story. He says, whether or not God saves us, we will not bow our knee to you. That's an attitude that you need this morning. Amen? Talking is easy. Walking is hard. How many found that out in your faith? Isaiah 40. Let's look at this real quick. Go to Isaiah 40. Hold Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to finish with that this morning. Just quickly go over to the book of Isaiah with me. Chapter 40. Somebody's going to walk out of here with some faith to stand in their fire. Amen? Isaiah 40, verse 29. Here's the promise of God. One of our reasons, church, sometimes we don't make it is we don't use the word of God enough. We don't read the word of God enough, not just for ourselves, but in the time of trouble, we need to learn to get the word of God in us so that we can speak the word of God to the situation. Amen. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil. He did not say, you know, anything other than the word of God. He said, the Bible says, and isn't it funny that the devil brought the word of God at him too? You can't fight the devil with anything but the word of God. You're not going to philosophize the devil. You're not going to out-talk the devil. You're not going to outthink the devil. He's been doing this for thousands of years. And he's made a lot of people fall. The only way you're going to stand in the fire is by speaking the word of God. And it says he gives power, verse 29 of Isaiah 40, to the weak. Anybody weak in here? I'm raising my hand. Amen? All of us. Guess what? He gives power to the weak. I'm not talking about your physical strength. I'm talking about your spiritual strength. We are weak and we are nothing unless we rely on the power of God. Amen? When you are, are trying to do stuff in your own strength, a fly could knock you over. But when you stand up and say, if God be for me, who can be against me? And begin to stand on the word of God. Amen? There is nothing that can knock you down. And you become strong in him. He says, I give power to the weak. And those who have no might, watch, he increases strength. I'm, I'm seeing something happen here as I read this. That means that when I'm in a bad situation, if I have the right attitude, I'm actually growing. Because the weaker I am and the stronger the situation is, the stronger God makes me. No no, no, no fight, no fire, no growth. Amen? No fight, no fire, no growth. But when we're in that fire, God says, now he's in a place. Now she's in a place where they need me. And now I can strengthen them. Now I can come and help them. Now I can come and do something for them. He says in verse 30, even the youth 
shall faint and be weary. We played some football yesterday, and I'm not going to put these youth on blast or anything, but they got tired pretty fast. I just put them on blast anyways. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Get out there and run around, and me, Jeff, and Tyrone are up there, you know, older than them. And we're says, play again. That tired. I see some guys walking in here today like this. Oh, my legs hurt, Pastor. Oh. Even the youth get tired. Even the youth get weary. Amen? So he says, even the youth get weak and, and need help. But he says, and they have no might. But he increases strength and says, you shall faint and be weary, and the young shall utterly fall. Watch this. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen? Wait. Wait in the midst of the storm. Wait in the fire. Don't faint in the fire. He says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. How many know the book, the verse in Zechariah 4, 6? He says, it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's what? By my spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. If there's anything I've learned now in 20 years this month, matter of fact, what's the date today? Missed my birthday. I just turned 21 in the Lord. What's the date? What? Say six on Friday. Friday was 21 years for me being saved. Amen. October 4th. I'm legal. Amen. I'm a legal believer now. Amen. So 21 years. If there's anything I've learned is listen. Here's what's interesting. You young converts. A lot of new people in the Lord. Here's what I've learned. The more, I get, the more I have been in the Lord, okay, this is where I started, over here, getting saved. And the more I've, every day I've walked towards, towards experience, I know less. And rely less on me. Less, every day. Every day I rely less on me and more on the Holy Spirit. And depend more on, the, on God. And depend more on His strength. Amen? Is that old saying, the older you get, the more you realize you know nothing. Young people think they know everything. They don't want to listen. They don't want to, no one telling them anything. But man, the older you get in God or in life, you realize, I don't know anything. But God and Jesus and Him crucified, and that He's got it all under control. And if I'll just put my eyes upon Him, I cannot fail. I will not faint in the fire as long as Jesus is by my side. Amen? I am powerless. I have nothing to give God. I am nothing without God. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. It's, it's, it's those verses that you hear that when you're younger, ah, I'm good. You know, I can do all things through Christ. Sounds so good. When you get older in the Lord, you realize I really can and really can't without him. Because like when you're younger and you're strong and you can rely on your own strength, you say that verse, but it's kind of a prideful way. When you get older, it's no pride anymore. It's thank God I can do all things through Christ. And then it sounds good, but then you get older and it's like, who gives me strength? Because if it wasn't for him, I would have no strength. Amen? Young people, get that. Understand that. Rely on the Lord. Amen. Because he's saying right here, I know God cannot lie. He says, you will get tired. You will faint, even as a young person. But he says, those who wait upon the Lord. Paul, can you do me a favor and turn that air off? It's starting to leak on us. It came on on its own. It's got a mind of its own. Amen. Let me close up this morning with a few thoughts. If you're taking notes, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to write down just a couple areas, a few areas that the devil will fight you in to make you faint. Areas that, that we need to be strong in. It's actually the other one. The, that one over there. Thank you. Those, those air conditions have been me and Paul's thorn in our side. <laughs> but we're thankful for them. And I'm thankful that it's getting cold. So we don't have to have them. Although I'm always going to have my air. 
Amen. How many here sleep with a fan even when it's cold? Yeah, my kind of people. Amen. My poor wife, she looks like an Eskimo when we're sleeping. Walk in, run to the bed. I remember one time I was over in conference, and uh, Pastor Dustin's come and pick me up early in the morning. It was, it was before conference, and I was from Costa Rica visiting. So I got there before the conference started. And it was like 40 degrees outside. And he came to pick me up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We are going to go play basketball. And I, it was 40 degrees outside, and I had the AC on in the room. I love the sound of it. I love it nice and cold in there so you can get on the blankets. So I remember he, he came to pick me up. He opened the door I, to come in, and he ran straight to my bed and jumped on the bed and got under the covers. <laughs> he said, are you crazy? It's freezing in here. Amen. That was just free. It had nothing to do with the message at all. Although freezing sounds good when you're in the fire. Amen. One area is, if you'll write this down, that the devil will fight you on is prayer. Think about this. When you're in the fire, here's what's funny. We need to pray more. Yet the devil will fight us on prayer. Have you ever thought, have you recognized that? That when you're really in a battle, it, human nature would be, oh, I'm, just too, I'm just too weak. I just, I can't pray and... I just can't get along with God, and I'm just so busy, and things are so bad. That's the moment when you need to pray more than you've ever prayed before. Amen. And so he'll fight you on your prayer life. Luke 18, 1 says, men ought to always pray and not faint. If you're praying, you can't faint. Second one is, is discipline. When we should be more disciplined... The fire comes, the tribulation comes, the problem comes, and we get less disciplined when we should be more disciplined. And that's in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 8, if you're taking notes. The third one is, and this is a big one, in doing good. Right? He said, the verse actually says in Galatians 6, 9, he says, And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for if we do not grow weary, in due season, we will reap a harvest. How many people do you think, how many times do you think in your life you have had a blessing at the end of that stage, and by the time you got about two feet away, you fainted and quit and gave up right before the blessing? God says, don't fight, don't quit, keep fighting, wait upon the Lord, and in due season, I'm going to bring forth what I have promised. I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do, amen. I am going to fulfill my word. I almost preached a message this morning that ties into that, says that God will fulfill his promise. Amen. Isaiah 55, read that later. He talks about he will fulfill his promise. And if you're in a fire right now, it's because it's a barrier between you and what God's trying to do in your life right now. And he just wants you to faint so you don't get to it. You think the devil's just going to go, oh, yeah, go, come on in. Go ahead. He don't have anything else to do. He is not, he's not preoccupied by any, he's, he's not preoccupied by the game today. He's not preoccupied by politics. His mind is on one thing keeping you from getting through that fire to the blessing of God and the power of God and the plan of God and the promise of God because behind that is a whole lot of blessing for you and your family and those that don't know Jesus this morning. Can you say amen? So he's going to fight you. Don't grow weary in well-doing. The fourth one, last one. Got prayer, discipline, and doing good. This might be the biggest trip up other people's trials other people's problems you're more worried about other people's problems than your own I've got enough trouble of my own you've got enough trouble of your own don't get caught up in the tribulations of other people. Listen to what Paul said. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations, for which is your glory. Amen? Pray for the person. Help the person. 
believe for the person, have sympathy and empathy for the person, but don't worry, don't get caught up in their tribulation, don't jump into their fire. Amen? That's their fire. You got your own. Amen? How many know if you're hot, you don't want to hug? Amen? Amen? You're already sweating. If if it's hot, get away from me. I'm already hot. Amen? Body temperature. Let's keep some space. Don't jump in my fire with me. How many know that if something goes into a fire, it's called kindling, and it gets bigger? Some of y'all just missed what I just said. You add something to the fire, it gets bigger. We don't need company when we're in the fire. We need God. We need God and God alone. Amen. We don't need anybody else to help that fire get any bigger. Now go to the end of this story real quick in Daniel chapter 3. I told you to hold that. And we'll read you one more thing. You know the story. I don't think probably too many in here have not read this story or heard of this story. We know that everything with God, when God's involved, ends good. The good ending. Amen. Daniel 3, we ended up, I think the last verse I read was verse 24, I think. What I... Anybody? No, 3, 23. So these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Don't read anymore because that's where a lot of people's story ends, right there. Did you get that? That's where it ends. Oh, it's over. You get in that situation and, oh, it's over. There's no way I'm going to get out of this. I'm done. See me burning? Look. My seat in heaven. It's over. Amen? It's over. That's not what God wants us to do. Woe is me. See how hot this fire is? Go away. Don't get burnt. I'm good. I'm just going to quit, throw in the towel, be done. That's not what they did. Paul and Silas, when they got thrown into jail, that's what I would have done. Why, God? Why? What I do? I'm preaching your gospel. Why? They lifted up their hands and started worshiping God. Well, Sorry. Lifted up their hands. Started worshiping God. See, that's why I'm just going to chase the rabbit for a second. That's why I like to worship and lift my hands. Because I can. I'm thankful that I can do this. Don't wait till you have to do this to do this. Amen? They began to worship just like Paul and Silas. Watch what happens. Verse 24. King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished as he rose in haste and said to his counselors, did we not cast three men into that fire? O king, yes, it's true. Look, he answered, I see four men. And here's the awesome thing. Loose. Loose. They went in bound. Somebody's going to get this this morning. They went into the fire bound But they didn't get loose outside of the fire. They got loosed in the fire. In the fire. There are some things that you are not going to get victory over in your life until you're in the fire. You're trying to get free out of the fire. You don't want the fire. You don't want the problem. But God says, I cannot do anything in your life till you get in the fire where I can purge you and burn all the stuff away from you that you do not need. In your life. They throw in that fire bound. And in the fire. He says I see them loosed. Hallelujah. And they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth. Is like the son of God. Amen. Is it possible church. That in your trial. And your tribulation. That your God can be so real. That all of a sudden. Are you realizing that he recognized. Not just a fourth person. He said that's Jesus. I don't just want people to look at me. And say oh he's strong. Oh wow what faith. I want them to see Jesus in me. 
I want them to see my Savior in my life. Amen? I want them to see the reflection of Christ in me, in my life. And the only way you're going to do that is by not fainting in the fire that you're in right now. By giving glory to God through this situation. Nebuchadnezzar went near. Look at this, verse 26. The mouth of the burning, fiery furnace. And spoke and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. And they came out from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose bodies, watch this, the fire had no power. Do you believe this morning? I, I just want, I, I want you to ask yourself the question. I'm not looking for an answer from you or a hand raised up. I want you to know the answer. Do you believe that no matter what the devil throws at your life, no matter what situation you're facing this morning, no matter how hot the fire feels, no matter how bad it gets, you can stand in the presence of God no matter where, no matter when, and no matter how, and will not get burnt. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. This is not just a story or a parable. This is real. And we may not be today in a physical skin burning fire, but it's the same thing. And God is looking for some people that in the midst of their trials and problems don't whine and don't cry and don't look to the bottle or the drugs, but they lift up their hands and they say, my God is able to deliver me out of this fire. And even if he doesn't, I'm still going to worship him. And when you do, you will walk out of that fire. And as the Bible says here, you won't even smell like you've been in the fire. Amen. You'll smell like roses. Why? Because you've been in God's presence. And there's nothing stinky about God's presence. Amen. God will shield you. He will hold you. Some of you in this place have been in some dark times in your life and you have realized how real God is. Some of us maybe need to go through a dark time so you can realize how real God is. I'm not speaking that over you, but man, when you get into that place where there's no place else to look but up, you realize how real God is. That's what God wants. He doesn't want a religious experience. He wants a relationship. He wants you to know how real he is. Amen. And he goes on to make a declaration that now we're going to serve their God. Their God. I'm going to throw out a few. I've said this before, but it's been a long time. Why don't you listen to this? Now I've talked about the word. I want to bring in a few examples of our lifetime of people who have not quit and gave up. Some of the people we know in our lifetime who are famous could have quit and gave up. How many of you drove here in a car this morning? Amen. We know the original car maker was Henry Ford. He started it. And we know that Ford today, this don't have nothing to do with politics, it's just a fact. Ford's the only one that made it through. No bailout. The government, they, they stayed the course. You can, you can fix or repair daily all you want. They're still here. <laughs> and I'm not just, I'm not, I don't care if Ford, Chevy, I don't care. I'm just making a statement. I'm not getting paid by Ford for saying this or anything. But did you know that Henry Ford went, went broke five times before he made that first car? Five times. Broke. Not just lost some money, broke. Absolutely broke. Lost everything Trying to make that first car went broke five times. Yet here we are today with cars because he did not faint in his fire. I know there's some people in here who love some chicken. Fried chicken. <coughs> Amen. And that's not a colored thing. That's just a fact. There's, I'm not one of them. I'm not a huge fried chicken. I love chicken strips. I don't like messing with the bone. But it's still fried. And to me... Franchise-wise, KFC is the best, franchise-wise. I like that original recipe. But if you don't, that's why there's so many different restaurants. Right. D uh, Dylan took uh, Evan and, and uh, Elena and my daughters down to Rudy's down in Dallas. Anybody ever eaten there before? Yeah. I see some hands going up. They say it's hand down the best chicken, fried chicken in the world. But Colonel Sanders, we all know Colonel Sanders, Amen. 
the, the, the famous inventor of chicken. There may be some better chicken, but he, he, got, he made it famous. Amen? 1,000 times his recipe was rejected. 1,000 times. He would get in his car and he would go around to different places and he would try to sell his recipe. Obviously, he did eventually. How many would have quit after the 10th? Come on, be honest. One, see, see, we see a lot of times in our lives, we see the finished product. We go, wow, the Ford. Wow, all these chains, KFC. KFC was, if I'm not mistaken, the very first chain, right, that ever went down or was it McDonald's? It was one of the first, Costa Rica, right? KFC and McDonald's. Huge chain. We see these things, we go, wow, what an amazing thing. We don't know that man got denied 999 times before he made that product that made it. How many loved Disneyland? Especially before it got all crazy and corrupt. You've you got to love Disneyland. Come on. There's got to be a kid in you somewhere. Has anybody not been to Disneyland? Let's just take a trip to Disneyland. Amen? Oh, you got to go to Disneyland. Somebody should take you. I'll take you, Dwayne. Let's go. Go to Disneyland. Amen. We've got to win the Super Bowl first, though. <laughs> I'm going to the, no, I'm kidding. The Walt Disney, okay? We, we're not going to talk about today and how the kids have corrupted things. That guy was a mastermind, and he brought a lot of creativity into this world. Walt Disney, listen to this. I just said the word creativity, was fired as an editor for lacking ideas and imagination. Wow. I'm going to get where I'm going with this. The world will throw things at you and tell you can't and this and the other. And people say, no, I've got an idea. Thomas Edison. There's a whole another conspiracy theory there with the light bulb, right, who originally really invented it. I could care less. They're on. But I thank God for light. Thomas Edison tried 1,000 times unsuccessfully to invent the light bulb. But here it is. Now I could go on and on and on of all kinds of different examples. Michael Jordan. They say he's the best basketball player ever. Everybody votes him in. That man was cut as a freshman from his high school basketball team. How'd you like to be the coach that cut Michael Jordan? Walk in the door. Here's the dude that cut Michael Jordan. Laughing stock of the world forever. He missed 9,000. How many know Michael Jordan made a lot of shots? He missed 9,000 of them in his career. Missed. But see, nobody talks about the misses because he finished. And he lost. How many know he won six championships, won all kinds of finals, won all kinds of games? Did you know that he missed 26 game-winning shots in his career? Amen? Musicians, you can come this morning. I want you, church, to not faint in your fire this morning. Because I'm telling you, if you'll just stay the course and stay fighting and stay believing and stay praising and stay praying and stay disciplined and not get caught up in other people's trials and do these things I talked about here this morning, church, you will make it through this fire and you will come out stronger. You will come out bigger. You'll come out. So I'm telling you, somebody's getting this message this morning. Amen. Somebody's getting it in their spirit to fight and not faint in that fire. Can I give you one more example this morning as we get ready to, to pray? I've, I've used this many times over the years in my ministry, and it's an awesome, awesome example that reminds me of what God is doing when I'm in the trial. I mean, know that if you're in a trial now or a next trial comes, the best thing you can do, as I said at the very beginning, is begin to declare over that situation. Okay, here's the situation. It's ugly. It's bad. But I declare God is going to bring me through this. I, I was telling some people last couple weeks at several different times over here talking to people after service, and they were telling me about stuff they were going through. <clears throat> Listen to this. This is important. And I was talking about testimonies. And, and so how many know when you tell a testimony, it, everything's already done. Okay, the testimony's done. 
and you're saying, this is what happened, and this is what happened, and this is what happened, so, and, and praise God for the testimony. What I told a few people was, that's awesome, and that's never going to be taken away. But what about the testimony during the trial? How are we testifying to God's power in the midst of the fire? It's, it's a testimony to have come through the fire and said, hey, man, I went through the fire and I came out. That's the testimony. But the other testimony is, man, I'm burning right now. It's hot in here. This is horrible. I'm, I'm going through some stuff, but I'm not going to stop praising God. And the people are watching you, right, in the storm, in the fire, and they're watching how you're acting. And they're looking at you, and, and, they're, and they're saying, man, if they can make it, I can make it. That's one of the reasons we come to church. That's one of the reasons we're sitting here today. It's one of the reasons God established that we would come together so that we could iron sharpen iron. And, and I could be sitting over here on this side, and, and maybe I, I'm, I'm strong, and I've got it together, and it just came out of a victory, but somebody over here on this other side, I know is going through something, and I can be a strength to them. And I can say, hey, you can make it. Or I can be on this other side, and I can be going through something, and I can see someone who just testified and say, man, if God did it for them, he can do it for me. And, and we get strengthened. We come out of the church fired up and saying, God, I can make it. There was this time where this woman wanted to take a visit to a lock, to a, sorry, to a silversmith. She says, I, I, she was reading Malachi 3. If you read that later, you can, you can see where the Bible talks about that God would refine us as silver. Some of you in here will remember this example. That he would refine us as silver. And this lady was reading this verse and she says, I, I, I don't understand that. Why, what, what does that mean? So she went to a silversmith and she said, can you explain to me the process of refining silver? He says, yeah. He says, come on in. And so she, she had a piece of silver and he had the fire real, real, real hot. And he stuck the silver in and turned up the heat some more. And he was, he was burning away the impurities of the silver and refining it. And she says, this is what you do to get all the, all the impurities off and you make it shiny and silver and beautiful. And she said, but how do you know when, when it's done? And the silversmith said, these words, if I had to do a top five of the best thoughts I've ever had in my life, this is in there of something that's helped me. How do you know that it's done? Since I look in the image, and when I can see my image in that, I know it's done. And so when you're in the fire, God is allowing you to be tested. He's allowing things to go on. And as soon as, see, sometimes you can get out of that fire quicker than you do. The more you complain, the more you whine, the more you, you're upset, the longer it takes for God's image to be in you. You get in that fire, I've learned over the years, I'm not saying I've got it down pat, but I've learned that when I get in the fire, I want to get out quick. I immediately say, okay, Lord, what are we doing here? If I'm down in the valley, I want to get back up on the mountain. Lord, what do you want to teach me? I'm not going to wait for a few days and go through problems and say, later on, okay, I'm, I'm tired. Of, okay, okay, okay. What do you want to do? No, Lord, I'm here. Let's get this done. And if you just say, Lord, what is it? He'll show it to you. And you can come out. The quicker you get that image in, the quicker that silver comes out. How many this morning would like to say, God, I want you to see your image in me this morning as I'm in this fire. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word.